Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of Two Wizards and a Mic, where a couple of old players like to talk about D&D. Uh, my name is Shane, and to my left... I am Andrew. Actually, that'll be my right, technically. <laughs> um... But uh, yeah, so basically we sit around here, we talk about D&D, and we've been playing for a very long time, and I'm not really the huge expert, I'm more of the player person, but Andrew is the professional DM, uh, who of course is doing all kinds of things from Kwood Publishing, worldofmere.com, make sure to check it out. But right now, we need an update on the current Kickstarter, please tell me it's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Monsters of Feyland 2 is the latest Kickstarter, and um, everything's basically done for the most part except the art. So we have about 30 illustrations done, and now we need about 90 more. So we're hoping that gets done over the next two and a half months or so. We'll give the artist lots of time, and uh, it's a really fun part of the process because you get to see... Uh, these descriptions and all these creatures and the new book come to life as part of our nice. monster series. So that's the fifth book. And um, I've actually also just decided to change uh, paths for the sixth book. I was going to do something quite different and I've changed my mind. And the book that I was going to do after that for monsters, I've decided to do this time. So I've actually just started working on the sixth book um writing the text for it um, nice. so we'll yeah and we can probably announce that uh later this year uh around the time this the fifth book around the time Feyland 2 is finished we can announce what the next book will be <laughs> monsters of the 80s movies <laughs> yeah Monsters of the, since I've moved to the suburbs a year ago, I was thinking about doing Monsters of the Suburbs. So, <laughs> well, uh, it's kind of it's kind of funny that um, well, we're not that really a, doing that. Well, you know, no, of course not. <laughs> Shh. We just you have to put out those little tiny bits of misinformation just to keep things. You know, I mean, yeah. you, I mean, you're basically creating like miniature Marvel movies, so you know you don't want to spoil stuff too early on. Uh, but this week we're talking about Barbarians, which is a class of characters where, in my view, are tanks. They basically are designed to take damage and absorb it uh, while still remaining on their feet and being able to you know, continue to kick ass on the battlefield. Um, so let's start, because I, I have lost the say about Barbarians. Sure, sure. Yeah, I know this is one of your favorite classes. So um, we're talking about the muscular primal warrior, usually scantily clad, um, definitely not wearing heavy armor, no no plate armor for this, uh, this warrior. And uh, usually many times depicted with a huge two-handed sword or great axe or, or big war hammer. And... Um, very, you know, very much a comic kind of figure, a cartoon sort of figure. Um, although there is some uh, connection to the Viking uh, people and um, that sort of idea as well. Um, they 
the idea though that they rage in battle, so they're this furious warrior in warrior in battle, um, but sort of sort of become to mean that they're angry all the time, which is not really true. I mean, you could make a character like that, but the idea is, is that these warriors, I mean, they're definitely confrontational people usually, but um, their their rage is in battle. That's where they that's where they sort of, and in a way, it's. It's not so much that they're angry in a way, it's that they're so fully present and they're very passionate and um, the rage part is part of the combat. It's not necessarily part of the whole warrior because you you couldn't be a warrior like that. You wouldn't be very effective. <laughs> well, exactly, because I mean, if you're just wandering around and grumping all the time, I mean, there's going to be a lot of people that will just either be put off by it and be like, oh, whatever. But then yeah. you'll actually potentially terrify people because, you know, I've I've always I've never really had a solid picture of what a rage looks like except right. in battle and exactly. you know basically you just kind of like you know you you're pounding your pecs and you're swinging a bit more fierce and you you just got this you know angry sort of you know really you know kind of thing um yeah. but but raging while like walking around the marketplace I mean like, what does that look like is that you just like hmm that's too expensive. Let's do half that. <laughs> yeah, it's part of uh, part of the simplification of some of the classes in D and D, where you know things get stereotyped into certain certain aspects get stereotyped. Where other things, they're true, like they're connected to an archetype. That's different. Like they are a primal warrior. That's what they are. So um, notable barbarians, of course, we all start off with Conan. Uh, Conan the Barbarian uh, in comics and then in movies. And um, the comics actually go back to the 1930s. And really? a character that shows up later in Conan, a female barbarian, is Red Sonia, who actually was inspired by a character from the 1930s, but was only published in the 70s. Um, so there's two really good examples of the primal warrior. They have no very much, little armor. And they are um, very present in battle and furious warriors. Uh, another one would be John Carter of Mars. So there's a movie yeah. that was really panned and now has kind of developed a cult following after hitting streaming services. And really? it's not that bad, actually. There's some really good parts to it. Um, so he's barbarian-like as well in some ways. Um, you've got some of the original books that D&D was based on uh, there's some characters in there that are barbarians. Um, and then you have uh, the Nords in Skyrim in the video game. Um, those are definitely yeah. uh, barbarian types, many of them. And then uh, in a more lighthearted way, uh, Bobby the Barbarian in the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon, <laughs> which, which I think we talked about before, that people who are... It depends how old you are, how you look at it, because... Um, I think when that came out, I was already, I don't know, maybe 15 or 16 or something. And to me, like I wasn't into kids cartoons anymore. And I was kind of looking forward to something pretty cool. And then this goofy cartoon showed up. Um, but I understand people who are a little bit younger than me or five or 10 years younger. They were really young kids when it came out and it must've been pretty cool. And a lot of them have fond memories of it. So I think it depends sort of how old you are, you know, uh, to a certain degree. 
So yeah, I had a, a lot of younger friends, like people I had to look after after school, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I was subjected to the D&D cartoon, the Transformers, uh, more often He-Man, uh, because I was sort of at that point, I was already, you know, 12, that sort of realm. And uh, they were about three, four years younger. And so they were really into it. And I remember at the time kind of going, ah, oh, God, whatever. And then just recently, like we're talking like two weeks ago, mm -hmm. uh, I discovered that the entire show yep. has been published on YouTube by the yep. publisher. And uh, watching it from the adult perspective is kind it's so different. Like, it, you know that it's, ah, this is kind of lame, whatever. But there's some sort of sort of, you know, I don't know, there's, there's this nostalgic filter that sort of drops over that says, you know what? It's not great, but <laughs> it's okay, and you should watch it. So yeah, I, I've watched a few episodes in the last few weeks, and uh, I've, I'm enjoying it because it's so hokey and corny, and and it makes no sense. Half the time, it's like, didn't they just say that character couldn't do that thing, and then the character just did the thing they said, he, whatever. And then yeah. you just kind of enjoy it for what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's funny to hear those voices. Some of the voices are... Uh, some of the main characters are very iconic actors from back in yeah. the 70s and 80s. So like Ralph Mouth from Happy Days is one of the characters. Um, uh, the kid for the guy who was Willie in... Ames. Willie Ames, yes. Ames. That's yeah. the one. He's, um, and there's a couple others that are fairly well known, but I can't, I can't remember the other people right now. Um, yeah, so there's lots of barbarians, especially, like I said, in comics and cartoons, many, many um examples of them so um the class also was one of wasn't one of the original D, &D um uh classes so it wasn't in the original rules but not too long into D, &D they came out with this book called um, unearthed arcana which were the, all these little extras you could put into your game and um drive through rpg still publishes a version of that just uh with a different cover right here and um, in the Unearthed Arcana, they brought you the Barbarian class. It had, I think it actually had been published in Dragon Magazine before that. And then right. the official uh, introduction was in Unearthed Arcana. So, so the Barbarian has been around for quite a while. Uh, in 5e, it's got the best hit points. You're using a fabulous D12. So you've got some sizable hit points, more than any other class. Um, again, the armor, you can only use light or medium. Uh, but you can use shields. A lot of people forget that. And um, we'll talk about in a moment, they get a bonus uh, for armor that boosts their armor quite a bit, even though they can't use heavy armor. Uh, the weapons, it says simple and martial. Well, all weapons are either simple or martial. <laughs> so they can use any weapon. Um, their skills, they can use two from animal handling, athletics, intimidation, nature, perception, and survival. So there is a connection to a certain degree to the ranger in that they are quite usually quite connected to the land and as i said a very primal warrior so right. that makes sense those skills are very well connected uh their features the main one shane talked about earlier is the ability to rage where you get advantage on your checks and saves which they might call test rolls in the future um, you also get resistance to uh, basic attack uh, damage. 
Um, then there's the, the uh, armor bonus, which means if you wear no armor, your AC is equal to 10 plus your con modifier and your dex modifier, which is really good. Like if you have 18 con and 18 um, dexterity, that means your armor class is 18. And you and you don't have art and you you're not wearing anything. I mean, as far as armor, and that's before and, a uh, a, uh, a shield too, which is yeah. Nice. Throw in a shield, and now you're at twenty. So you can have a really good armor class. Uh, another feature is a reckless attack, which is sort of you know it has a pro and a con. The pro is that you have advantage to attack. The con is that your enemies have advantage to attack you. Uh, there's danger sense. So again, the connection to being very present in battle. The uh, barbarian has advantage to um, on deck saves, like if a trap goes off, um, to notice them, which is very useful in D and D. Yeah, um, you get an extra attack later. You have fast movement, not as much as a a, a monk, uh, but you have benefits for moving quicker as you increase in level. Um, you get extra damage if you do a critical attack later. And then um, there's some other high level features like your rage improves, um, your strength check improves. And um, when you're 20th level, your strength and con can go up by four to a maximum of 24. That is kind of awesome. <laughs> but already you're 20, 20th level. So um, we've got two subclasses in the player's handbook, which are called primal paths and then there's more in some of the additional books i think shane has played some of those other versions yeah um, i've played primarily the ones coming out of um tasha's book i think no no actually no no uh xanathar probably xanathar yeah and uh, just because i have played berserker before and totem warrior so many times i just just in the last few years i've been like i just need something different i need to try yeah. it out yeah. So as you said, the Berserker is the main one. So this is a barbarian who uses violence and uh, thrills in the chaos of battle, which which really is most barbarians, no matter what <laughs> path you're on. Um, so their features, you can make an attack with a bonus action under Frenzy, which is super useful. Um, you can't be charmed or frightened with mindless rage. So you're just fully focused. And um, you can actually have the ability to frighten other people uh, at a higher level. Yeah. The other path is the path of the totem warrior, which is a connection to spirit animals, having them as your guide, your protector, or your inspiration. And I believe they are wolf, bear, and eagle. I think that's, yeah. I think that's the main options. So your features, you can actually speak with animals and, and have beast sense at a low level. And then later on, there's some more advanced um, features that connect to your spirit animal, including um, the ability to cast some spells. Um, like you can cast Speak with Animals, I said, at an early level. Later on, you can cast Commune with Nature. And then at a very high level, again, there's um, a few other um, more complicated features, which we won't go into here because it will take too long. Because each spirit animal, you have different there's different features like for wolf, for bear, for eagle. Um, right, right. So what is more spiritual and connected to the land, the totem warrior and nature, and one is more pure warrior. 
And then they you have, know, there's a Storm Barbarian, right? Storm, Path yeah. of the Storm Herald, I think it's called. Or Ancestral, and then there's an Ancestral subclass. There's a few different extra ones. So pros, obviously the physical prowess of this warrior, you can take so much damage. You can do a lot of damage. Um, you know, you're you're the definition of tank. I think because you're such a focused character, like every turn you're you're pretty much gonna try to close in on the enemy and have me melee combat, right? Because you're so yeah. focused, I think that actually opens up the role playing even more. Because there's so much more the the, the you know what I mean. The mechanics are so simple in how you're playing the game, your character for your character that you can actually add more as far as your personality. Because the barbarians you've played, in my opinion, have had so much personality. Well, exactly, because I mean, that's the thing is that I try to avoid, well, being the tank for the simplicity of just being a tank. Um, like there's the ones that I normally have, Storm Herald, uh, Wild Magic. Uh, I think the latest one I've been playing is a Zealot. Um, mm -hmm. But there's also a Battle Rager, uh, uh, Battle Rager, an Ancestral Guardian. Ancestral Guardian, I've tried out, I think, once. Um, but I've forgotten the Battle Rager was a thing because that's actually from the Coast Adventurers uh, Guide, uh, Sword Coast Adventurers Guide. And I have the book, but it's it's like one of the first ones that came out as a supplement that I keep forgetting about it because Xanathar became everything for for quite a bit of stuff. So. Um, Battle Rage would be interesting because it does have a limitation, I believe, of a dwarf. You have to be a dwarf only, <laughs> uh, which I thought is kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, they have special armor and a few other things, but essentially, yeah. I mean, the, the, the thing is, is that I, as a player, I'm trying a lot of the time to try to play against the type of that particular class or, right. or even, even the species of the race because there's going to be there's so many traps and defaults to fall into that, you know, every, you know, every so often, yeah, fine. Okay. I'll play around and then I'll be like, you know, and I'm just going to be this thing because I'm tired or I'm distracted or whatever life gets in the way. But when you're actually present and focused and really, you know, getting into it, um, being able to, to kind of look at the character, as you were saying, like with a personality and some humanity to it, that you don't have, uh, or sorry, you can you can avoid uh, falling into the sort of, you know, saw that before, have seen mm -hmm. this, you know, uh, oh, okay, of course, you're going to climb up on his face and stab him in the face, you know, those kinds of things. But, you know, you but you can try really and come up with creative ways. And I say this all the time, but essentially being able to unlock some creativity and being able to to look at what you're doing Instead of focusing entirely on the class, focus on the situation and how that class actually fits or mm -hmm. doesn't fit. I mean, that's the other thing. It's like it's like a, I'm a barbarian and I'm a, a half orc. I'm going to now climb through this. Oh, I can't. What do you mean I can't climb through this crevice? Oh, we got to send the halfling. Ah, oh, man. But, you know, maybe there's a way that you could create a way to get through it and, and just kind of play with those kinds of ideas. But um but yeah, yeah sorry, I just, I just I just like this this class a lot. Yeah, didn't so you started out? I think your first character with that was a barbarian. Was it Raven, the human barbarian? 
Yeah, Raven the Human Barbarian. Yeah. So, and what was he like? Um, he, he was pretty was... much like Conan, wasn't he? Like similar. Yeah, he was actually. I think he was a totem warrior, mm -hmm. uh, with the idea that he was going to be a um, sort of a like a, a, a character that was. <laughs> Here's the thing: he didn't get too far, <laughs> which sucks. Yeah. But it was basically trying to be like a um, to be like a bear, sort of the big, gentle giant kind of idea. Right. And and that's kind of what I was going for. But I didn't he die in like the third session? He died early on. No, I don't think it was too early because you started out in the south part of Mir down by the coast and you were uh like um you were uh kind of like uh, what's the word? You were I can't my brain's frozen. You were uh smugglers, that's what you were. And right. um no, yeah. you eventually, was much it... later on, you made it out to uh, the old wood on a, you were going on a trip and you were ambushed by a huge group, a big horde of goblins. Yeah. But he, I would have guessed he probably would have been between 8th and 10th level at least because that campaign went to 20th level. So I think you were probably, yeah, maybe even 10th, 10th level, maybe a bit higher. Well, I know that he went down and no one could get to me. And I ended up uh, yeah. basically bleeding out because the we were spread out in like a foresty area and people were, yeah. were hiding in the trees and things like that. But, yeah, it was uh, one of those don't split the party. Like, yeah, people were just too far yeah. away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is so true. Um, and then I think you took a little break from Barbarians, but... You had a halfling barbarian too that I think he's still active, right? Was that the was that the one that was the or was that the fighter? Uh, I had a halfling that was like a promoter, and I can't remember if he was a barbarian or not. Yeah, I think uh, he was a fighter. He was a fighter, but it said, yeah. I mean, I I did take a break from barbarians after that because um, I just wanted to shake it up. Well, but, actually, uh, no. Your second one was uh, Othello, wasn't he? Oh no, he was a was he a fighter? Arello. Uh, he was Arello, Arello was a fellow. Was he the was he the giant? He, he yeah, the, he, well, the, the, Goliath. the uh the Goliath, yeah. Um no, he was yeah, he was just a fighter because oh okay. Because uh, he, he was, was quite barbarian like, right? Well, it's true, just because he was so big, and I yeah. made him so that he was like basically an albino with a very large sort of red tattoo that went across his whole body. Yeah. But um and he didn't but, yeah. wear much. He wore he wore like a loincloth and yeah, he was basically the least you could wear without being completely yeah. nude. Yeah. But um so but yeah, I mean that, he was he was barbarian like. Yeah. Yeah. So then the next one would have been the halfling that you have now. I think he's still going, right? Yep. Yep, he's still running. Uh that's uh Halric. Um, yeah. He's in the dragon campaign. Correct? Uh, yeah, he's yeah. actually done quite well. He's done some I think there's been a couple times where uh basically either finished a battle like just basically raged out and like whacked a bunch of people because he's carrying because that's the one thing about him being a halfling is that he can't carry like a giant uh a weapon he has yeah. to carry something slightly smaller yeah. um and i think he had didn't i think he, he picked up some sort of magical weapon of some sort at some point i think um, it's a magical weapon that actually is large but it enables him to use it so yeah exactly yeah 
yeah. which I thank you for. Uh, but uh, but it definitely it definitely makes a difference because uh, he was only I think he only had an axe or something or like a, a small uh, axe of some sort when yeah. he first started out. But um, but it's been a challenge. I mean, he's he's a hard character to play because he's basically like this miniature angry cat really you throw the cat in water and the cat freaks out and claws everything but um but he's not and and i'm also trying to play him and i hope i have successfully knock on wood uh to not be like previous barbarians because i've had a lot of barbarians or sort of stronger characters that have been uh very uh interested in sort of peace and love and all that kind of stuff and this guy is more of a a bit of a grump uh which i'm kind of enjoying yeah, and but, he's uh, been a big help to that party. He's dealt out a lot of damage. Um, he's taken down a lot of the big bad evil guys. And um, isn't he one of your and, two characters who likes to climb up large creatures and attack their heads? He well, yeah, he has. <laughs> if uh, many many years ago, uh, when I was doing a lot of improv theater, we had a show where people would go and and lightly poke fun at sort of the the default things that we did on stage and mine yeah. was just magically pulling things out of a backpack and you know and you know whatever i needed for a particular scene but that climbing of the face thing is my dnd equivalent it's like going oh you're really big okay i'm gonna climb up and i get right into your face and i'm gonna stab you repeatedly until you leave us alone yeah. um which uh, which has worked out quite often but there have been some creatures that have grappled me and like just thrown me off like i was just nothing so you know what can yeah. you do yeah so um i have not played a lot of classes because i've been damning for so long but and i haven't played a barbarian but i've made a lot of barbarian npcs including ones that have confronted your party um i would say as far as the cons again the bonus you know a pro is that they're very physical and strong and powerful but sometimes that can be a negative because uh they're not as into ranged combat and obviously have no magic um they also don't have easy ways usually to get out of combat so they're they're usually right in the middle of the melee combat which is the most dangerous place to be uh they're they're not going to be any use like the wizard hanging back 60 feet or 100 feet um or or they have trouble getting into battle because there was because my latest barbarian is a halfling there have been times where the villain has misty stepped away and it's like, yeah. ah, well, how far can you go? I'm going to dash. What can you do next? Nothing. Cause I've dashed. I, I've got to, it's like, yeah. and then the character does it again. And it's like, ah, yeah. Yeah. So dealing with, uh, dealing with creatures that have magic and dealing like, or dealing with a rogue, for example, who can constantly, you know, use a bonus action to disengage or a bonus action to dash would be difficult for a barbarian dealing with rogues or sometimes spellcasters is a challenge. Um, I think also people sometimes focus so much on the combat. It's just like what you, you know, it's like that um, that meme from The Simpsons where there's Bart and there's the whole class of kids and it's like, say the line, say the line, Bart. And for a barbarian, <laughs> it would be like, I hit it with my sword again. <laughs> so I feel that, very much like that about fighters, to be honest. And like, and yeah. we talked about them uh, first. And uh, yeah. I have to say that every so often I do get nervous about being a halfling because it's kind of like that thing where it's like the kids in the schoolyard they 
you know, the one kid reaches out, just holds onto the top of the other character's head, and it's like, ah, I'll get you when I can get close enough. But there you go. Not to yeah. put ideas in your head, but still. <laughs> I I won't. I'm not sure what you were talking about, and I just write down some <laughs> notes here. <laughs> yeah, so I think there's, yeah, there's pros and cons for sure, but overall, it's a pretty uh, fun class. Really useful to have one in your party, any kind of tank, if it's a fighter, uh, barbarian, or um, a, uh, well, a cleric kind of is a tank in 5th edition. Uh, fighter, paladin, yeah. ranger to a certain degree, but definitely barbarians, paladins, fighters are tanks that uh, every party can you know can use for sure you actually yeah. have had some parties in in our in our group where there's been no tank which has been really interesting we've had parties where you know there's a sorcerer there's a rogue there's a bard and there's uh you know maybe another maybe a wizard like that <laughs> where the high I, we have had that we've had a party where yeah. Uh, the highest strength is like 11 or 10 or 11 in the entire party. We've also had issues sometimes where you have like a, uh, a barbarian has really no ability to heal unless they find an item or they carrying around, you know, five potions of healing. Yeah. But we've had parties on the opposite end where they haven't had any healing. And could you imagine or very little healing? And like having a barbarian that has no one to back them up is yeah. kind of scary. Like you can't, if you can't yeah, heal well, except for resting, then you're kind of screwed. Yeah. Well, that's why back in the day for D and D, everybody used to say that you know every party should have a cleric, uh, and yeah. which or a paladin, uh, because it really does make a huge difference. Although now in five e, a few other classes of healing. Uh, which I would take away. I would take those things away. Um, I would just leave it with clerics and paladins. Because right now, I think the ranger can heal. Um, the bard can heal. Probably the druid. There's a few, right? The paladin can... Well, yeah, no, that's... The original original game is cleric and paladin were the healers. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I think... You know, one of the reasons, too, that you always have a cleric is that uh, the gods used to be a bigger part of the game, too, in the pantheon of the setting. And um, yeah. I think that's a really interesting part of D&D. And it's not as popular, it seems, these days. In fact, the video for our for our series here for Two Wizards and a Mic, I think the lowest watched video is the one about clerics. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, it's it's you make a good point about uh having that kind of balance in a party of, of making sure you have something of everything you hope um because if you look at any video game these days uh in terms of like because the popularity of of the video game realm of battle royale has been around for a few years now yeah um but the ones that rise to the top the ones that are very 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 popular you'll if you actually look at them and the sort of classes they have for these characters um they have that split balance they try to give you a couple of classes that have some healing a couple of classes that are really the tanks that have real you know, big guns or weapons or whatever they are mm -hmm. um and because when you're playing those kinds of games you definitely 
have the need like oh my god i, I hope we have a thing uh you yeah. know a healer specifically like i play this one game where there's a, a class that's a healer there's actually a couple but one is specifically like a medic and that saves the team from time to time where yeah. everyone's been knocked down they need to be raised up and and this healer comes along and this healer has the ability to heal multiple people at the same time so you know if you don't have that in that particular game uh then you're in trouble you can be in trouble because you don't have anyone's ability to say it basically to save you i mean that's really what it is because yeah. if you're against like a, a dragon or you're against something very very big um you know you're gonna have your tank your tank will go down they're like guaranteed unless they're they play a bit you know they're like, okay well, i'm gonna back off now um you know hopefully not get hit by an opportunity attack or or not get hit from another side because that's the one problem that happens is that barbarians specifically and fighters too get ganged up on because they're right into the melee because they're not really they're not ranged uh classes so they have to get right into the meat of the battle and if you have oh this skeleton's going to come over here oh this skeleton's coming over here too and you're suddenly having to fight three four different uh adversaries at the same time then you're just messed up like that's it's especially if you roll badly i mean that's i've yeah. had that happen where my character's gone down because the rolls i made it's like i rolled a two well that's <laughs> not going to hit anything i've rolled a one wonderful you know or i rolled really low uh or it's like i got a 13 and ah, i need 14 to hit ah! you know but then of course their turn comes around and uh and then you cry <laughs> yeah party balance i mean it it helps obviously i mean it, it just makes it's just the the facts um however as a dm i i mean i would the way i do it is i let the players choose whoever they want but they should know who's what the other the other players are doing and then yeah. then decide and if you end up with a class that has for example like two bards a rogue and a sorcerer maybe you know, the chances are that party is not going to do very well. Um, you know, if you have some healing there, but you have no tank. Um, you have no cleric, no paladin. There are there are definitely parties that are better, um, you know, that are better built. If you have a tank and you have a cleric or paladin, and then you have some kind of good spellcaster, you know, after that, you know, it's it doesn't really matter. If you have those three... You kind of already. I mean, the rogue, I guess, helps too. So, I mean, the I think that bet that basic balance, and that's why they have those classes. So, if you have a tank, a cleric, or a paladin, um, you've got a wizard or sor or or a sorcerer or a warlock, and then you have a rogue, then you've got everything for the most part. Um, you know, you can throw in Bard there if you want to have a little bit of charming. And the Bard is the jack of all trades, right? So they can kind of they can kind of do everything. Right. So, um, yeah, um, it does obviously help. But I don't think there's too many DMs that force their players and say, you guys, you know, there's no cleric yet. You have to be a cleric or, or a paladin, even though it does help. It's just... I don't think know. I've ever run into any game except well, years ago where a DM actually said, well, you know, I remember playing a game where I got into a fight. I was probably about 15. Uh, 
got into a, a shouting match with the DM because they were insisting that the characters had to be certain classes and had to be certain. It had to play a certain way. And I'm like, well, what's the point of playing? Like, why yeah. are we here? And I've had, you know, experiences where um, I remember actually a, a, a session that I went, I, I attended the session probably about for a year and we kept dying constantly all the time. And we didn't actually know why the story hadn't been told. It was all a big mystery. And every time I had to roll a new character, I'm like, okay, can this character somehow be connected to the story that you're trying to tell us? Cause we're kind of in the dark and we keep getting killed. And you know, a couple times is okay. Five's a bit extreme because you know, we're suddenly running into zombies all the time and we don't know why the zombies are there, but you're not giving us anything to actually, we're just wandering the landscape. Mm -hmm. We have no direction. And it was so sad. And, and, uh, and the characters that were, that were healers were kind of not great because they were just as frustrated. So they weren't really making an effort to be like, I guess we should play as a party, but I'll be dead by the end of the session or maybe next session. And, I'll have to roll someone else. It's yeah, like, yeah. ah! So yeah, those definitely, I mean, that's all to say having a natural balance really, really helps. It's not necessary, but it does help the party live longer. And when somebody does die, it actually means something. Like, it actually mm -hmm. has an impact. Because mm -hmm. if you're constantly, you know, if you're all tanks or you're all halflings or whatever, I mean, how many times we all encountered playing the game, you've encountered a party of elves or a party of halflings or a party of this. And then and they all end up dying because they're all fighters. So they're all this. So they're all. Yeah. This. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. There are a lot of encounters where the NPCs are all one group or one type of skill. Right. Which which yeah. helps the heroes. So why would you do that the other way around? Right. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah, it also makes it true. more fun, you know? Yeah. And even if you have parties that have a lack of something, uh, the DM is generally going to recognize that and they will either be kind or they will be like, okay, I'm going to have an NPC kind of take on some of this stuff yeah. so that you guys yeah. don't die early. And then as you know, levels up, then, you know, maybe it's okay after a while. But, uh, yeah or yeah sometimes find an I entire chest of 25 health potions Yay. yeah yeah i do that sometimes where i'll have an npc who has a yeah like you say a potion of healing um i'll do that once in a while but i won't let it go on for too long but once in a while i might do that to help give a little push um yeah so we talk about party balance and we've talked about every class except for two i believe um, so we have sorcerers. sorcerers and warlocks to go. Yeah, I think I've played a I've never played a sorcerer, but I do recall. Did I ever? I think I might have played a warlock once, but I don't remember. Or yeah, well, what were you, one tiefling you had for sure was a bard. What was the other tiefling? Oh, was it a ranger? I, I think it was a ranger. I'd have to look yeah. that up, though, but I'm pretty sure it was a ranger. Yeah, um, you might not have played a warlock. We haven't had... We've had... Actually, actually I was going to say we haven't had that many, but what what's happened is we've had the same players play warlocks a few times. 
Um, yeah. Or I know we had one. Didn't... We had we had one warlock, I think, uh, that was had wild. It was the first time I ever encountered a character that had wild magic. Was right, wild magic thing was that? Is that a warlock? Oh no, wild magic is uh, sorcerer. The sorcerer, yeah. So somebody yeah. in our party did play it a sorcerer then, and that fascinated me because there was this thing because you have that the mechanic where yeah uh, if they roll badly or whatever the mechanic is I can't remember off the top yeah. of my head, and then something happens and it's like random of a, a random all right we're gonna effect, roll yeah. this dice oh look yeah. you are all teleported into hell you know or yeah. something weird uh or or something that's like you see a butterfly fly by it's oh like, yeah. I love it. I love it. There's a table in the player's handbook for that wild magic random effect for sorcerers. And then I made my own for the world of mirror. And one of them was that you turn into cheese. And uh, that happened not that long ago. <laughs> but my favorite, I don't know. I'm pretty sure I mentioned this before, but my, I'll, I'm going to do it again. My favorite was when wild magic went off. And this sorcerer in one of our very early games was running across the rooftops. And, oh, yeah. And wild magic went off and he turned into a flower pot. So the uh, halfling rogue that he was chasing just ran over and kicked him off the roof. <laughs> Somehow he survived, too, because he <laughs> he went, well, he fell off the roof. I think he was probably unconscious after that because you weren't very high level. But somebody healed him probably because there was a cleric or paladin in the party. Um, and he survived that, which could have killed your... I mean, he was only... I'm going to guess he was first or second level. His character... And that character ended up going to 20th level, a 20th level <laughs> uh, sorcerer. So his um, his character could have ended... His uh, career path could have ended a lot earlier. <laughs> yeah, I just love... I love random stuff like that. But we Sometimes will talk more great. about random stuff next time. Yes. Uh, but oh my god. Hi. At the end of the day, it's just a game, which is what I was trying to get out of my brain. But um, so next, what is the next big update for the Kickstarter? Is, are, you, are you talking like uh, another month uh, maybe of... Uh, of work and then oh how long will it be um yeah. well we're just waiting the art is going to take probably two and a half months or so to finish so um we're hoping that the pdf will be ready mid to late december or sorry mid to late november and then the hopefully the hardcover books will be ready in december so yeah yes. we're that's um yeah that doesn't have too far to go and then in the meantime I'm working on our World of Mirror book, which is going to put all nine continents together in one book. And quite a bit of that is done because we published the first three continents. So we're going to update that because there's some errors in there and some changes. And then um, then we're also working on the new monster book, which, like I, I told you, I've decided what it's going to be. So um, I've started writing that um, over the last few days. And... I hope to have that text, a lot of that done by the end of the year. Well, that will, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it because as we're coming out of COVID or at least coming to a place where we can all live with COVID yeah. um, and it becomes background noise that we'll all be like in a table, in a table, on a, by a table, playing on yeah, a table. Yeah. And uh, that I'm excited about. So 
Uh, thank you everyone for listening or watching and uh, don't forget uh, to follow us on Twitter. We're also on uh, actually, you know what? If you want to know anything about this podcast, go to worldofmere.com. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, it's a good website and you should go there and, and find out more. But, and all uh, the links are below. Yeah. Yes, all the things are down there. Just or up there, wherever they might be. And uh, we'll see you guys uh, next week for Sorcerers. Thank you so much, Andrew. Later.